This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Payer Issues Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Gonzalo Pasoldon, Medical Director of Partner Transformation at Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Dr. Pasoldon, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here and thanks for inviting me. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much going on in healthcare right now, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, and yes, there's lots to talk about in healthcare these days. So as you mentioned, I'm currently the medical director for partner transformation in value-based programs at Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Um, So in this role, which was created fairly recently, I'm focused on providing a clinical perspective and clinical insight to our value-based strategy and, and program development. Um, and externally, I, a big part of my role is to work closely with our key value-based partners, um, large health systems, um, hospital systems, medical groups, to really try to support their success in their transformation and, and journey from you know, volume to value. In terms of, of my background, before joining Horizon, um, which I joined a, a little over a year ago, I was working on the provider side of things. So I'm a, I'm a general pediatrician by training and have had the opportunity over, over the years to practice in a variety of clinical settings from starting my own solo practice at one point to working several years in community-based clinics and then obviously uh, large multi-specialty groups in, in the Washington DC area and in Massachusetts. So that has always been very helpful to me to kind of have a good perspective on different practice environments, different challenges that are faced, um, uh, especially from the from the provider, from the physician point of view. My early work in the in the 2000s was uh, around the patient-centered medical home model and, and NCQA, um, and you know, had the opportunity to lead early efforts to integrate case management and behavioral health in, in primary care. Um, and that work over the years took me more and more into value-based and, and the risk space on the, on the provider side. And I would say that I, I firmly believe that value-based care and risk are, are the best ways to deliver the highest quality care and, and achieve the quadruple aim in a, in a sustainable way. Um, and to me, one important part of that is that it offers the, uh, the opportunity of creating a, a practice environment that really restores the joy of practice, especially for a primary care physician. Again, as I mentioned, I am a primary care physician so that has always been central to, to my perspective and my efforts um, and because there's clearly a lot of stress out there and we need to find ways to make primary care really work in a sustainable way, both for, for patients, but also for physicians, providers, and clinical teams. So that's, that's my, my background in a, in a nutshell. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you are very well positioned to be leading these efforts on the transformation from volume to value-based care. And it's exciting to hear that 
you were seeing so much movement in that area. I know it's been a long time in coming and something that's really been front of mind for a lot of people in the healthcare space. And so now to see that actually coming to fruition in, in many regards must be pretty gratifying. Yes, although I, I, I think one of the traits of pediatricians tends to be that we need to be patient <laughs> because it, it takes time. It, it absolutely is a process. It, it's a journey. Um, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and again, we have to be in, in any particular situation, I think we have to be very aware and very cognizant of this, the specifics of the situation because every every practice, every partner, um, every arrangement is is unique in some ways, and and it's a process, and it takes it takes time and and perseverance. Absolutely. Well, considering where we're at today, what are the top one or two issues that are consuming most of your time? Um, that's a that's a good question. I think that there there are many there are many issues that obviously we we are focused on. Um, I would say overall, and certainly everything we do these days is, is colored obviously by the pandemic and by COVID. But um, I would say that the first issue that comes to mind is how can we really identify and bring actionable you know, clinical insights um, to our value-based programs and to our value-based partners. Um, I think we all recognize that they have been very important all along, but it, it becomes even more central as we evolve from kind of share savings to, to full risk arrangements. And the, the, the key to this is center in and around data and analytics, um, data and analytics that are hopefully based on, on, on timely, you know, um, on timely reports and timely data so that we can really discern patterns and trends, identify areas of opportunity in a way that can lead to improvement and change. Um, I would say at, at Horizon specifically, Horizon has been working in value-based care with our partners in New Jersey for many years, and, and we have made significant investments and significant progress over time. Um, but I think the advances that we are now seeing in technology, analytics, IT, are, I believe, um, making it possible to kind of bring it all together, if you will, so really bringing everything to bear at the, at the same time, to, again, to try to get those, those insights. Um, for, for the past year, for example, at Horizon, we've been very focused on implementing two new analytic platforms. One, uh, we call our value-based performance platform uh, powered by Nuna, and the other one is more of a clinical optimization platform uh, powered by, by Clarify, and we're working very um, in a very focused way in making that work and make it available to, to our partners um, as we collaborate um, together. So I think that has been definitely a, a, a big area, and for me, 
again, coming from the provider side of things um, into the payer um, uh, side um, in terms of value-based. To me, another big area um, is, you know, how do we really create a value-based culture with providers, with clinical teams, and I would say with payers, because value-based is really a new paradigm. And, and I, I, I truly believe that we need to evolve culture and the way we look at things and the way, certainly in practice, the, the way uh, care is delivered to, to be able to move the needle in, in value-based. So there, there are certainly other areas. I, I would say those are the kind of two overarching areas of focus um, in terms of my my time and my role. Well, it's really interesting to hear, especially in looking at how, you know, what it means to um, bring the value-based care and that value-based culture to the physicians and other provider partners that you have. When you're thinking about deepening that relationship, um, how do you really work with those clinicians and um, others either on the administrative side or, um, you know, uh, patients as well and thinking about making that transition from the traditional fee-for-service to value-based care? What does that really entail? Yes, I, I think, you know, there, there's probably different ways of approaching it, again, depending on the issue at hand. Um, I think at the end of the day, it, it truly goes back to the basics, which is how do we improve care for patients? How do we make life better for patients? Uh, because if, if, if we don't achieve that at the end, then we're not really going to meet our, our goals. Um, so I think it, it can, there's many facets and it can take many different um, forms. And the, but I think, you know, it's, it's really going from, you know, I think traditional practice is, is transactional, right? So it's, it's about the patients that come to see me in my office, um, value-based and care and population health is, is about relationships and, and relational care over time. It's about, you know, being proactive about health and wellness. And, and also disease management instead of just being reactive. And a couple of months ago, I heard a phrase that I really like that it, it, it's about going from a healthcare system to create a true system of health. Um, so again, that can take many different forms and shapes um, depending on the, on the audience and depending on, on the specific issue at hand, but it, it, it's a cultural change. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And from your perspective, are there any other partnerships that are vital for payers and providers to really be able to transform healthcare? Absolutely. I think, you know, and I think that's a lot of what we do in value-based programs um, at, at Horizon is, is really drive that partnership. Um, I think throughout the, the, the healthcare system, we're seeing, you know, the growth of Pay, pay providers, right? So providers, payers that are providers and providers that are payers. <laughs> um, because I think, you know, those partnerships are so important for improving care and, and transformation. 
And I think to to really be successful, we need that close alignment and collaboration and really built on trust between payers and providers. And I think, um, you know, going back several years, I think the, 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 the traditional dichotomy or even even adversity, right, between providers and, and insurance companies um, is, is, is no longer um, the case. And I think we understand we have to be true to partners. Um, in terms of specific areas, you know, I mentioned data and analytics. I think that that's still a key area for partnership and a lot needs, um, remains to be done. Um, and again, it takes time and resources and, and, and effort. But um, as, as, we, as we move more and more into risk, we need to continue working on data analytics, but we also begin to move into other areas like medical management and utilization management. How does that look going forward um, you know, with partners that are in, in risk arrangements? Um, so that's another area of, of partnership that, that we are focused on. That's really interesting to hear. And especially, you know, when you talk about the rise of some of these payviders and really the ability to seamlessly um, communicate with providers, uh, between providers and patients, especially on the data level, how do you see that evolving over the next year or so? Yes, I, I think, again, you know, 12, 12 months is a relatively short time. <laughs> but, um, for example, for us, we, like I mentioned, we're focused on a new analytic platform. So it, it's really bringing that to our partners so that they can, you know, in, in, in real time, look at patterns and, and, and trends. Um, as they're happening and, and then to, for us to be able to have those collaborative conversations about what should be our priorities, how can we as, as, as the health plan support their, their efforts, what capabilities they have. Um, one, one of the other things we're, we're working on, for example, is what we call try, uh, our clinical collaboration calls with, with some of our key partners that are moving into risk. So that's a, a, a very interesting activity that where we actually bring actual cases for discussion from a case management perspective, um, both in this case from the horizon side, we bring cases and then the partner will bring cases. and. We, these are clinical discussions, but it really um, have helped us learn, you know, what the what the partner is doing. For example, from a case management perspective, what capabilities, what programs that they have, for them for them to learn the same on on what Horizon offers and has, um, and then try to draw insights and lessons as to where are the gaps where there may be a you know duplication and how do we use that information to inform our medical management uh, and clinical strategy going forward with that specific partner so i think that's a a, a very 
innovative and and uh, an exciting area that we're beginning to roll out um, with some of our partners in New Jersey. That's really great to hear. Now, as we've been talking about, obviously the data gathering analytics and being able to share that information is obviously very important, but do you see any other opportunities for digital transformation, especially in the payer space? I think there's plenty of, <laughs> of opportunities. Um, and again, the, the, sometimes the limiting factor is you know, time, resources, bandwidth, et cetera. I think we've seen tremendous movement, as, 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 as you know, in terms of you know, telehealth and, um, and, and virtual care and, and the advantages that can bring in creating different access points for patients, you know, bringing flexibility and convenience, um, bringing care or, or specialized care to more difficult to reach areas. And I think that work will continue um, from my perspective I, I, I think we we have to be careful careful and deliberate about making sure that those efforts do not perpetuate or even worsen some of the health equity gaps that we know exist in the healthcare system because when we're rolling out new technologies we have to be very again deliberate about understanding who we may be leaving behind um, Remote patient monitoring is, is another area that I think it is um, with lots of activity. It, you know, again, it comes up frequently in our clinical collaboration calls with partners. You know, who, you know what what programs are there? What programs would need to develop? Um, and again, from a from my provider perspective, uh, one key question is always: so, who's going to receive that data and who's going to act on it? And how do we, you know, implement remote patient monitoring programs without necessarily increasing the burden on PCPs in primary care, which because we know they're already um, stressed. So we have to be careful about that. Um, and I think there's many other areas. <laughs> One that I keep going back to, and and perhaps at the risk of being a, a bit boring, <laughs> is I feel like one of the biggest unrealized the digital transformations in healthcare is the effective and efficient use of EMRs. I, I you know, and by that I'm I'm thinking about true bi-directional data integration and you know full EMR customization in a way that truly supports providers at the point of care. Um, we know that we've been at it for over two decades, but a lot remains to be done um, I, I, to re realize the full value of EMRs. And I think we're, you know, we're still uh, working through that, but it is critical that we don't lose sight of that in, in, from, in my view, as we try to implement and layer on new, new technologies. Um, and I think payers, in some cases, payers may be able to play a role in this in, in this important area, especially for small and you know medium-sized practices, independent practices that may not have all the resources and capital that may be needed to to truly uh, optimize you know, 
um, IT capabilities and, and, and data exchange. So there's, again, there's many other areas. Um, those are some that, that, that come to mind. Well, Dr. Pao Soldan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really interesting discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you very much, Laura. And again, thank you for inviting me. It's been really a pleasure talking with you today.